this is what we know. Even when we make our bed in hell, mm -hmm. he never leaves us, never forsakes us, ever. Welcome to the Meet Me in Isaiah podcast, where you will meet people who have met Jesus in Isaiah today. This is Marnie Clark. I am so thrilled to have my good friend Lisa Ripp here with us today. She is um, with marketing. You do marketing with event, Grace Clark? Coordinator, event coordinator and community liaison. Is the well, I should have asked you that before we started That's this okay. introduction. That's okay. <laughs> with Grace Klein Community, one of my very, very oh, favorite, it's wonderful. favorite yes. organizations in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, and she has an amazing story that she's going to share with us today. Um, she is a big friend of the Meet Me and Isaiah yes, movement. Yes. She has been a cheerleader for me. She's wearing her uh, Isaiah 53 hat. Always. And um, just keeps me going with encouragement yes. um, sometimes when I think, is this a thing? Like, is this it's something? A is it yes. a thing? She'll Definitely call me thing. with a testimony, yes. and I'm like, yes, that came at the right, right. time. So um, we're going to talk some about that, but I'll say we're going to hear Lisa's incredible testimony, which um, is why she is glowing when you meet her. Yeah. She has so much love and joy, and she's going to she's going to tell us why. So All right. take it away, Lisa. Okay. Well, Marty, thank you so much for uh, us finally getting this here. As we were talking earlier that we've been talking about doing this for a long time, but God's timing is always perfect because if we'd have done it way back when, we wouldn't have these great things that have transpired um, yes. since then. And I can't wait to do it again because I imagine how many more things we're going to have to talk about. Oh, we will definitely do this it again. It just keeps rolling and rolling. So um, as Marty says, thank you for introducing Grace Klein. And, and I am with uh, Grace Klein Community. I am event coordinator and community uh, liaison to uh, be, just be able to reach out and, and touch people through Grace Klein and show them the face of God. That is my purpose, and I'm so excited to have the opportunity to do that. And I'm going to share today um, the, the journey that led me all the way to Birmingham from New Orleans, Louisiana, and um, how I got here in the road. And it just is an amazing, amazing trek um, that got me here that I, I wasn't understanding a lot of times of what was going on and the pain and but all of this pain brought me to this purpose and and I'm excited to um, be able to share that with you and I just want to just be sure and pray that everyone that hears hears my voice sees the face of God because this is his story just watch what he does and listen to what he has done and continues to do because that's the reason I'm here to share this um, story with you yes so um i uh, was born and raised in mississippi and when i was a little before i turned 19 i moved to new orleans and um, the purpose of that was to escape um, an alcoholic mother and um, god love her she's in um she's in heaven now and she was just a very broken woman and um i know she loved her children and i do i do know that she loved the lord she was just very damaged and and very hurt as I, I can really have much mercy and compassion on that now sure. today. Um, so I moved, but um, when I moved, I, uh, the, the person I, I married was a, um, extreme um, domestic violence and um, deviant. And, um, mm -hmm. and I've even learned, to, uh, and it's been difficult to have mercy there, but I don't have any sting with it anymore. You know, it just is mm -hmm. what it is. And, and um, he's a person, he's the father of my child. And, 
and um, that pain of being able to tell you about this situation has, is no more. So just want to tell you the purpose of how I got to New Orleans. Well, um, we were married about nine years together, about nine years married half of that time, and we had a daughter. And um, the domestic violence became um, just so bad I wanted to leave. Mm -hmm. And um, in order to leave, um, there were a lot of threats made on the both of us. So I made a decision to um, to let her live with his parents for her safety. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about idols and, and different things. And um, this little girl was um, the first, my first love, I called it. Mm -hmm. You know, even though I knew the Lord and I was um, saved at 13, a missionary at 16, I had a call in my life. Um, this was the first time I really knew and felt love was with this child. And so mm -hmm. she was everything to me. So when she wasn't there, I was completely lost. And I, I did what I never thought I would do. I turned into an alcoholic, much worse than my mother ever could have been. And then a drug addict. And, and, um, and it got, uh, was a short amount of time mm -hmm. that I was out there. And, and instead of going into all the, the details and all of that, um, you know, I just get served the devil notice. I don't work for him anymore. So, you know, he doesn't, no need yeah, he doesn't get all that. that. Um, all I can say was that all of that time was never something that I thought, hey, this looks like a good idea or something fun to do. Uh, those activities were, were spawned out of um, a, a severe brokenness and hopelessness and just uh, trying to drown out pain, which was impossible to do. Mm. But the, the places that I went and the streets of New Orleans, and um, I can still channel that and see that and remember that. And it is only by the living God only by the living God that I even made it out alive. Um, yeah. In January of 1999, uh, because I really didn't know how this business of the streets really worked, um, uh -huh. I thought drug transactions were just a business transaction. And if you had money, that no one would hurt you. Mm. So I, um, I left one day to go buy drugs, uh, leaving a group of people. And a man kept me in his house. Um, you know, he didn't have any drugs. He just was a, um, a rapist. And... And so I endured three days of that, and the Lord allowed a way of escape. And um, I can't this, imagine. This is what we know. Even when we make our bed in hell, mm -hmm. He never leaves us, never forsakes us, ever. You know, imagine mm -hmm. your father having to witness all of that. But we have a choice that we make. We go across there. But He, this path, this journey, I'm alive to tell you about it today. The, the miracles of him telling me instruction of pick the screen from the windows, what mm. he said, and, and look down, there's his name on a bill, and all of these things that helped me escape from this house. Wow. And I got out, and I ran, and I got out, and I got out. So this, this happens. Mm -hmm. And then a few days after that, I get arrested for a false charge in a, what would have been a misdemeanor uh, charge and um, lo and behold I wound up getting a prison sentence for these things and um, and you're still all injured yes yes my mouth was wired shut and my 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 face was bruised and and wow. uh, all kinds of injuries and and um, I bonded out actually I bonded out from that and uh, I would kind of ran for a couple of months my mm -hmm. mother passed away on Easter Sunday mm -hmm. I had around the corner was a um, was a Baptist friendship house up in the Garden District. Mm -hmm. This place was the first place I ever went as a youth when I was living in Meridian, Mississippi. We went and painted that place. This was the first oh, youth trip kidding. I had ever been on. So I went to this place uh -huh. and I told them my situation mm -hmm. that I'd been on drugs and I did it and I'd been raped and my mother died and 
I just didn't want to be in it anymore. And I prayed with them and they gave me some food and I just kind of felt like I had a little bit of wind. It was a Friday after yeah. my mother died Easter Sunday. And here comes the guy I was seeing with his money and go score. And I was just at this impasse, you know, and, and, um, I went to the drug house and I was just kind of, yeah. and I blame God for that. You know, that's how far off and twisted yeah. I was. And that particular night was when the final arrest was when I would say, God, get me out of this any way you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to buy the drugs, I thought, that's it. I'm over. It's done. You know, and I mm -hmm. went out and, um, the, uh, these officers, the two that were partners were one from the first arrest, one from the second. Oh my and they recognized me as the girl with the wires in her mouth. And yeah. first I said no, and then the Lord reminded me, get me out of this any way you can. Uh -huh. And then I said, oh, it's me, it's me, it's me. And I told them they were angels and they were saving my life. Mm. So I would wind up going, um, I would wind up going for, um, for 18 months. And it was at the, in the yard at the Louisiana State Penitentiary. They didn't have lawnmowers. We had to like pick the grass with our fingers, but it was really, it was a clean look. It was okay. Oh my goodness. Cause we're going to talk about sanctuaries in a minute. <laughs> it was in there. It was there. Now I didn't know there was a name for it called meet me and Isaiah oh. at the time, but this is where I had my meet me and Isaiah moment. This is where I saw Jesus in the old Testament. Wow. This over there. I was like, Whoa, you know, and I was looking and I would see those fences around as my protection. Mm. And my walk with the real Jesus began, mm. you know, there. And I knew he was real. And I knew he is, was always was, always is, always will be. Mm. Now, granted, there were, once I was released, there was a, a lot of long roads and ups and downs and hills and valleys. Because when I got out, I found out that this rapist had been released. Oh, wow. And um, it was an 11-year journey going through two administrations to finally meet another man who was district attorney that would prosecute him. And I did this not out of uh, revenge, but mm -hmm. at public safety. Absolutely. This district attorney that was a district attorney turned out to be the judge that sentenced me to this, to prison. Oh the same goodness. man who was very dear to me now, his name is Leon Canazero. And I, I would tell him, you saved my life twice, you know, and, and uh, then had the wisdom to see I was worth saving. And also um, to prosecute my, my rapist, uh, 11 years later it was. So it's been 20 years now. Well, to go back to what you said, you just uh, referenced this again, that this was God's protection of yes. you. And that perspective of those fences that you felt were a protection mm -hmm. for you. And you had that perspective yes. while you were there? Yes, because it was, it was just... Um, I, I knew because I had said, God, get me out of this any way that you can. Uh -huh. My mother had just died. My dad was, was prepared to do another funeral. Mm. He, he could, I called him from the um, OPP lockup and said, Dad, I'm in jail. I'll probably be here a while. You, don't, you can rest tonight because I'm, I'm safe. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to sleep. I remember, I mean, like it was yesterday, it's been 20 years. I remember going to sleep on that cold, hard, loud, nasty floor and slept until they called me to go to the next place because I, mm. was, just, I was rescued. I saw these two gentlemen. I remember one's name was Deplanche, and I, I ran into him several times over the years, and, and he remembered me, and I thanked him every time I saw him that he saved my life, you know, so. Mm, what um, a perspective. Yeah, years later, I went to the Louisiana Pardon Board, and I told the, um, the Pardon Board, I said, you know, the justice system got this all wrong, uh -huh, you know. I said, uh -huh. but God got it right. Because you said it was a false. Yeah, because I had my jaws wired shut, and uh -huh. the charge that I was picked up on um, I want to be delicate here, 
was a charge that uh, would be impossible to perform gotcha. if you couldn't open your mouth. Gotcha. So, in, gotcha. you know, it was, it, I was just with a bunch of people, I guess, if they want to say guilty by association or whatever, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it was the, the police report that was written was all lies. It was a whole conversation, supposedly. But anyway, none of that matters because God allowed it to save me. I would have got probation. Mm -hmm. And there was no way I would have uh, complied to any type Start of probation yeah. back then. So prison was always a protection mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. and not, um, I, I don't want to go over time, but I will tell you this one story of these little bitty nuggets that yes. in, in, in prison. So I was like, when you're in there, uh, you like kind of dream of different types of food you'd like to eat. Uh -huh. And so I was there one day and I said, Oh Lord, if I eat one more piece of chicken, I don't really think it was chicken. It was like this gray meat kind it of thing. It wasn't real stuff. It, maybe it was Ugh. chicken, maybe it wasn't. Who knows? Only God knows. We'll find out one day, maybe because yeah. I'm going to ask. <laughs> but um, I had this, um, I had this flavor for fried catfish, like the kind mm -hmm. they have it. If anybody's been to Louisiana, Manshack has this really thin uh, catfish. But I just wanted some fried catfish, and I didn't pray for it, but it was just well, a desire. I could smell it. You yeah. know, it was just like I wanted it so bad, and this had never happened before. I was blessed to be on this road crew with this godly lady who I still talk to right now, Miss Sheila. If you got Spotify, you're going to get this. <laughs> um, and uh, she called and said we had this work to do at night. Right, mm -hmm. put on your nice visitor nice orange pants i guess you'd call it oh, so um we all loaded up and lo and behold we uh we wound up at this uh, catholic catfish festival to serve catfish and i ate more catfish that night than i've ever eaten in my entire life wow. to this day in in cakes and in pops and in you know cookies and hush puppies and french fried louisiana you know cooking and all oh it was so good tartar sauce everything and um, I just couldn't believe it. And I knew it was like being fed by the hand of God, this Aww. catfish dinner. And then we had two or three more because it was catfish season. We know we have festivals and it goes in seasons. And it was catfish season. So we did a bunch of them. And we have so much catfish that you just didn't want anymore, you know. So <laughs> it was, but there were so many stories. We'd go on all day of just the Lord saying, I have you. I see you. You know, I have you with this. So um, so we're going to remember this word sanctuary, you mm -hmm. know, as we as we move forward. So. I met my, uh, I get out, and, and um, so we've talked about the journey and, and um, you know, the man getting in, in prison, and he wound up dying in Angola um, in 2000, and I think it was 2000 and maybe 17, I think he passed mm -hmm. away. Um, so I met my husband, Marvin, um, about a year after all of this happened, mm -hmm. and I was just sure that he was the one that um, that God had sent me, mm -hmm. and um but instead of instead of seeing him as um, a helpmeet, mm -hmm. I quickly made him an idol, mm -hmm. just like my daughter was an idol. He was just who I lived for. He was who I, I, um, I woke up to please. He was. He became everything. Jesus was still in my life, but he certainly wasn't on the throne. Yeah. This was the person. This was everything. And um, so uh, I lived this way for twenty years, and I had up and down. Um, about every four or five years of relapse of alcohol, uh, you know, and, you know, dealt with that. And, and then in, um, in 2020, um, a lot of things happened and he just didn't want to be married anymore. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just, uh, once again, left without a God, mm. you know, and this was the most crushing, annihilating, because I trusted Right. I trusted him. See, there was this man that raped me. It, I learned it was nothing personal. He just did what rapists do. Right. I felt I felt more 
harmed by the justice system for because I thought mm -hmm. they were someone to trust that they would you know do and right. I kept hearing that we're not going to do anything your file is lost you this that's why they wouldn't help mm -hmm. me because they said I said don't you know what he did and they were not going to prosecute him I knew the man was out free I felt more um, offended and hurt by the justice system than I did by even what the guy did mm -hmm. do you know I've never had a, a I've never had a um, nightmare about this what happened to me wow. I can tell you about what happened to me the Lord absorbed all of that I do have the um, the after effects still that the Lord is healing me on what happens with post-traumatic stress and those sure. symptoms that come Your along body. with that yeah. in my body. Mm -hmm. But as far as like, um, you know, remembering and that mm -hmm. just, hard, you know, being like that, I just have the, the effects of it that sure. come. So um, I went through a, a severe, you know, I'd been sober for a long time and I went through, I turned back to alcohol and mm -hmm. I thought at first that I will snap out of it mm -hmm. I just need this medication right now because I don't know what to do with all this pain because right. I, I had the Lord but I but but Marvin was the only one that could make me feel better and he's not here anymore right. you know so um I but I could not stop I could not stop it had such a hold and such a grip and it got worse and it got worse and it got worse and then this alcohol brought a spirit of suicide with oh, it and I would even so three the first time was a, um, a Tylenol overdose, mm -hmm. and um, I, and I was listening to praise and worship, and I was telling the Lord I was sorry, but I just couldn't do this. I, I didn't wow. think I had enough fight in me because I had went to post went to treatment for post traumatic stress, and it and it got well. I didn't have any of the symptoms for after 16 years untreated. I didn't have any more of those things I was telling you about. Right. I was free from it. And I just didn't think, I couldn't go back to that. And I didn't think I could fight. And I couldn't. That's mm -hmm. the thing. Right. I couldn't. And you I couldn't. wasn't there yet, though. And, and I wanted to give up. And I was listening to Rattle. If you've ever seen my, my when I talked to the girls at the prison, that's why I chose that song. Yes. When I went out, I took this whole giant 120 bottle of Tylenol PM. And the last thing I heard was, God said, live. God said live and so that was the last thing I heard I woke up at the emergency room when they got me there and I asked him if I was going to die and he said um, the doctor said that Miss Ripps he says your Tylenol level is so high we can't measure it and that oh means it's goodness. over 500 and I think the normal level is like 13 or 15 okay. or something like that and and uh, and he says I've never seen anyone that could survive this that's what he told me. So um, I waited, and I was dying. I mean, that's, I was so sick, and mm -hmm. they got me to ICU, but obviously I'm here. So God yes. said live, right? <laughs> so going, moving forward, the alcoholism got worse. My baby daughter was, she's not baby daughter. She was 16. She was um, in the midst of all of that, trying to help me. Mama, why can't you stop? And, you know, just please stop for me. If you love me, you'll stop. And we went, poor thing, you know, and she's healing from all of that. And and my, my middle daughter just um, had to exit the whole situation. It was very painful to see your mom, you know, who kind of was holding things together to be so, you know, what looked to be so irresponsible and uncaring and, and all of that. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to, but I just couldn't. So the next go around was in the, around this time. Um, I, uh, I fell into a, a you know just this five five day drinking thing and again this time I, I tried to cut my wrist and mm. God said live again and this is what brought me up to Birmingham the first mm -hmm. time so I mm -hmm. went to Bradford and I did steps of faith felt a little bit better and but I still only wanted him to restore my family I was I looking you, that was the object of your yes Yes, I was like, okay, okay, we can fix this, mm -hmm. God, we can fix mm -hmm. this, you know, right. 
So I was I wanted to go down to this treatment center down in Miami that had helped me before, uh -huh. but all that kind of wasn't the right thing. So I came back up to Louisiana waiting for another sober living and still in New Orleans so I could be close to that, still trying to grasp hold of this idol, mm -hmm. still wanted to make it work. And it was around Christmas time. And nobody wanted to talk to me. Everybody was angry with me. I wound up in a hotel, drinking mm -hmm. myself away, me and my little dog, and another suicide attempt. Uh, this was the beginning of the end. And it wasn't, um, and it's crazy because it wasn't like, hey, I'm about to do this, come find me for it. No one knew. Yeah. You know, it was. you were serious it was, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 the, and, and these people would find me. And, yeah. and, um, and it was like, I'd be so disappointed, you know, but then happy about it after once I sobered up because sober Lisa did, wouldn't do that. It was, it right. was a spirit of suicide that would do that. And, and so I wound up being in a, um, wound up in a, a three-day psych thing for New Year's Eve. And I, and, um, I tell people that I wound up playing Uno all night with this man in an Eeyore costume. Oh, my know? goodness. It was awesome. He was great. And, and then I got out, and then I made it back to Bradford again. This time, and, you know, I was joking with him. I said, well, y'all said keep coming back, you know. But <laughs> um, but this time it was um, it was very serious. Yeah. I mean, it was always serious. But you talk about serious on, like, a whole nother level. Serious. So tell me why you, that was serious on a whole nother level. Um, because it, it was everything, a, another every, time. Everything was different. You know, it just, um, I don't know why God just made that, like, it would just seem like this was, this was the, the end of the beginning. Mm -hmm. You just or, or the beginning of the end or mm -hmm. I, 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 the end of the beginning. I, I don't know how you would really, really put it, but this is, uh, it came with my, uh, my counselor, Ben. Mm -hmm. that came to me and he said Lisa now what's your plan mm. and I said well they got that bed down there in New Orleans he goes no he said we've already had I'm talking about the higher ups at Bradford we've already had a meeting about you this morning mm. he says you need to stay in Birmingham uh -huh. he says going back to New Orleans you will not make it back here again mm. he says we prayed about it and um, he told me that I needed to go to a, a Bradford bedded um, sober living. Now, I had no idea. I mean, I, what about my family? I'm still, right. still trying to hold on to that. You know, yeah. I want to fix that. I want to fix that. I need to make up all of this that I've done. Oh. And um, I listened to what he had to say, and I went and laid down. And I said, Lord, I don't know. I mean, he's got the white flag. I said, I don't know. Yeah. And um, he just gave me peace. So I called the detox nurse and I said, can you call Ben back down here? And I said, mm -hmm. look, I'll do whatever y'all tell me to do. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. And I'm so glad because that was him because I wanted to be back down in New Orleans because I yeah. needed to fix that, right? I needed to fix that. So I um, I came and uh, I stayed at Bradford for 10 days and they brought me to this place called ALRs, these little apartments and everything. Uh -huh. And now we're getting to like the really good, happy stuff. Yay. So, um... At, at uh, ALR, I kept hearing about the stuff, Grace Klein, Grace Klein. I said, what the heck is Grace Klein? And so you can go volunteer there. And I said, oh, I want to go. So I get over there, and I meet this wonderful lady named Carla Phillips. And I started volunteering, and I had a little money coming in enough uh -huh. to pay my, my bills over there and the rent and stuff. So I finished up the IOP, and I asked them, I said, can I just go volunteer mm -hmm. over there until, you know, I finish up here? And um, so they... Um, they thought about it and they told me that I could. So I started volunteering and this is what the word sanctuary came up with me. Uh, during this time at ALR, it wasn't 
so much as, I'm sorry, it wasn't so much as um, all of the, the step work and all that because that's really not my path with all of that. It's, it's it, you know, my journey is with Jesus and going on with right. this. But it was just the sanctuary of this bedroom. It wasn't sanctuary anywhere else. It was total chaos, but the sanctuary. But then when I got to Grace Klein, you know, I would find myself making sanctuaries. Like I'd be, oh, look, I can go tape these boxes and I could put my earbuds in and I would be surrounded with like a hundred boxes just back there, just taping away. And people would say, oh, she really loves to take boxes. But, but I'd really made a sanctuary. I just, yeah. this word sanctuary was so big. Or then I moved over to work in the office and I'd be out with my earbuds and pressure washing this big, this big parking lot. But I was in a sanctuary with the Lord and we were growing and we were learning. I was learning to walk with him. Mm -hmm. I was learning to every single thing and every single step that I had made along this way wasn't wasted. I began to see and he began to show me that everything, every path, even the stuff with Marvin, mm -hmm. with, with the girls and all of this, that could be restored. Don't even think about that. Right now, it's you and me. It's you and me. Whatever's going on out there, I got this, and you have to trust me with that right now. It's you and me. So whether it was pressure washing, even if I was knee-deep in rotten food and even maggots sometimes cleaning, mm -hmm. I was in sanctuary because better is one day. Mm -hmm. Better is one day. And I was in his courts in those days than a thousand anywhere else. I'd mm -hmm. rather been right where I was in that moment with the Lord and knowing him better and feeling that fullness in my heart after all that had happened, mm -hmm. after all the how many times, seven times, seven times, seven times, seven times, seven, did he reach down and pick me back up again? Now I was here and my hope and my joy and my everything wasn't contingent on someone else. Oh, that's, I mean, that was it. It wasn't contingent on people or anyone else. It was contingent on the only one who will never fail me, that has never failed me, that will never fail me, that will never leave me, that will never abandon me, that will never discard me. It, I'm thinking about when you're saying that, the, the passage where Jesus says about Mary and no one can take that from her, mm -hmm. you know, the joy yes. that she had with him and no one could take that from her. Right. And when you're talking about creating this sanctuary wherever you are, no one could take that from you. And, and, and in prison, yeah. no one could take that from you. We painted churches. We cleaned cemeteries. We cleaned, if you saw the video I sent you, that mm -hmm. they, my, Miss Sheila had sent me those pictures. He was teaching me then to make sanctuary. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't regret a single day I was there because I was in sanctuary. And then he's, and so that is it, that we are, people say, Lisa, what church you go to? And I say, oh, is there another one? You know, <laughs> it's how can you go where you are? That's mm -hmm. where this joy is complete. That's where you are to be able to walk in this daily. And even though you're picking up a cross and even though their outside circumstances may be uncomfortable or unnatural or whatever, you are in a sanctuary. Mm -hmm. So we, we go out and we're bringing to the Meet Me and Isaiah moment where we're saying, Lord, show me opportunities uh -huh. to show this evidence that you have done in my life yeah. to share. Because nothing again, nothing has been wasted. Right. Nothing. So I was uh, the other morning when I called you, I had my Meet Me Isaiah 53 on the back of my car. And there was a gentleman that was, uh, it was one of the colder mornings, and he was outside with his, uh, his backpack. And I walked in, he says, hello, ma'am. I said, hello. 
and I uh, went and got my stuff, and he uh, walking back out. He says, "What is uh, Isaiah 53?" I said, "Oh, it's a book in the Bible." And I said, "And, it, and what that sticker is for is to get you to read it because this is when <laughs> this is when Jesus was foretold 600 years before he was born." And I said, "That's evidence that he always was, always will, and always always was, always is, and always will be." And yeah. um, and he reached in his backpack and pulled out a Bible and started reading it on the spot. And I called Marnie right away, and I said, someone is having their meet me in Isaiah moment right now, right Love as it. we speak. And um, I think you told me that that was one of those mornings that you needed to know that what you were doing was important. I did. And, you know, it was funny because you don't know this part because we didn't have time to talk about it that day. But um, it, it was funny that it was actually at a, at a gas station, and the guy looked at your decal because right. I literally moments before that probably a couple minutes before I myself was at a gas station I was putting gas in the car I was looking at my decal and I thought Lord does this even mean anything does yes. anybody even see it does wow. it matter That's so awesome and so just all the details that God is in um, yes. as far as just even being at a gas station isn't you know, that incredible having, I mean so he just comes and encourages and he uses you to encourage yeah. so many I'm, so I'm glad many you times. told me that because that just is I mean how could you not just feel big as a mountain when you know that God of the universe wanted to confirm your detail your decals were important isn't that crazy? and he and he used me to call you yeah, just that man. amazing yes just a decal so to go back I don't want to miss this you you told um, everyone that you had to meet me in Isaiah moment in the I think you said in the prison yard right. and I think I know this part yes. but could you do you remember what passage that was in Isaiah that you I don't had? remember exactly which one but I do remember it was when I it was like a rapid fire he was taking me from scripture to scripture where it was saying we us we us us uh -huh. you know let's go let's all of the plurals, uh -huh. all of a sudden, wherever I looked, I was seeing plurals. So I don't know if it was a meet me in Isaiah. Mm -hmm. It was if it was exactly fifty three. I can't lie and say I wish. I wish I could say, oh, for sure, this is it. Oh like, yeah, you know, but, but he's but, all over that. But, book. but it Jesus was, but it was, but it was book. the the purpose of meet me in Isaiah is to show Jesus in the Old Testament and his prophecy. So that's why I call that my meet me in Isaiah because it was it was those plurals. Those plurals. Like in Genesis, yes. where it says we, yes. yeah, and it, let it, us it, make man. Right, and it was all us. Mm -hmm. Who's us? You yeah. know? And I'm like, holy cow. Father, Son, yes, and Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, uh -huh. he's there. And then it just, a lot of more things just started that, those revelations and then opening up and and seeing that um, this just wasn't a baby born 2,000 years ago, mm -hmm. you know, that it, it is more than that. And um, he is more than that, and he is in us, and he did that so he can live in us and through us, and more that we um, we can let get smaller and let him get bigger. Life it just, it just moves on, and and every people say, "Oh, why am I suffering? Why am I this?" And it's because that 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 flesh is dying. Picking up a cross and crucifying your flesh is not a comfortable idea. Yeah, you know, and it's more than an idea, but we do it. But the joy that overrides all of that. I don't, it's like a sweet suffering. Is that a way to put it, you know? Yeah, so when you say that, um, so the, when Jesus says to take up your cross and follow me, you're, you know, when you talked about that moment of surrender, when you said, mm -hmm. I threw up the white flag and I said, I'm not going back to New Orleans, mm -hmm. that to me is such an example of just saying, this is, this is what I'm doing. And then the sweetness of God surrounding you with his presence and just teaching you because nobody else 
told you I wouldn't imagine um, to, it, to make a sanctuary wherever you are. Yeah, and for, and, for someone like me, I am not someone that gives up when I love something. <laughs> you do seem I, very determined. And when I, when I determine to do something, mm-hmm. I'm going to go get it. Yeah. You know? And uh, I'm very strong-willed. I'm very, you know, I, w- I want to say that in the past tense, I hope, that, that the, 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 um, the only strong will in me is the will of God. You know, well, he's shaped you, yes. and so I think it's a beautiful thing that he made you the way he did. And with I, a strong will. I wasn't one that liked much to be told what to do either mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. So it was a big lesson. ALR was a big lesson in surrender because most of these ladies in charge were much younger than I am, and to to um, to to be able to learn to surrender and to to know I don't have to be right, and just to go along with that, and and just realize my purpose there was to. To, to get closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and every time I surrendered and every time I didn't like it but did it anyway was a little more flesh being crucified so mm-hmm. I could be, get move more into his purpose and be able to do what I do. And, and each and every day it's like that. Each and every day when we know it's something God wants us to do and, and it's uncomfortable or someone, yeah. someone attacks us and shows us that weakness in our armor that it, you know we weren't able just to walk in love and give a, 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 soft, a soft word turns away anger to be able to walk in that and do that, we know that there's a little crack in our armor that that they showed us, and we can go to the Lord with it and say, "Hey, you know, got a little bump here. We need to fix this," and and um, just continue to walk. What would you say to somebody listening who um, knows that they don't like what's on the inside right now? They know they have chinks all in their armor, and maybe they're struggling with an addiction or something else, maybe anger or, and they just feel like they they've cried out to God and they just don't feel like it's getting any better. Um, what, you know, is there any encouragement that you can offer? This was a real pivotal moment to me because, um, out of all the things, my husband was the largest idol I ever had Mm -hmm. far more than alcohol, far more than, um, anything. And, Mm -hmm. um, I was in the car going to Grace Climb one morning and I, the Holy Spirit was just so full in the car. And I, and I knew something was going on. I mean, it was like, okay, what's up? You know, and, and um, I heard the first question was, uh, do you love him as much as you love me? And I mm. couldn't answer. So I had to clarify it a bit. Do you hurt for me as much as you hurt for him? Mm. You know, so what is it that hurts you? What is it that breaks your heart? What is it that you long for? Is it, is it um, the, the answer to these problems? Mm-hmm. Or is it the answer? You know, is that that you have to seek Jesus more than all of these problems that we have. So when you're saying to this person who, let's say they can't get rid of bitterness inside. They um, can't. So if they're looking at themselves and looking at the bitterness, then they're even making, getting rid of that their focus. Right. Versus... Thank you. That's yes. a really good perspective. Because I can't... I, can't, I get frustrated yeah. with myself. Yeah. You know, I'm like, why can't... You know, after being a Christian for 40 years, why why do I still struggle? You know, and it's just, you know, taking our eyes off of Jesus. Yeah, and we have, we have different um, environmental experiences that um, can come back, and, and it could be um, that bitterness can literally be attached to something that happened to us a long time ago. So again, aware. again, the chink in the armor yeah. is a is a ping. 
So we can take that into the Lord and say, Lord, is this deeper? Yeah. Do I need to go deeper? And we just get in there and study that with the Lord. He's so good. You yeah. know, we say, okay, this, this, you know, write it down and say, okay, this is what hurt me today. Mm -hmm. So, so let's, can we need to get quiet? He'll mm -hmm. show, okay, this is going to pin to this and this is going to pin to that. And, this, and you're going to go, oh, holy cow. This, that has been the biggest yes. thing that has helped me, or one of the biggest, I guess you would call spiritual disciplines, is journaling. Yeah. Because yes. it does. You start writing it down, and then he leads you to this scripture and that scripture, and before you know it, he's answered your, your question. And it's yeah. he's so faithful to answer. I'm pulling up an Isaiah verse that yeah. has been coming to mind while we're talking, and um, I love that you just, you, you said that God never left you he right. he kept um he saw you he helped you escape that horrible situation um where you were trapped and um well here we go this is um yeah isaiah forty nine sixteen says behold i have inscribed you on the palms of my hands Amen. um and and before that verse 14 but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. He never, no. he never forgot you. No. He saw you the whole time and yeah. um, had a plan. And he is using you um, yes. to encourage others um, and people listening right now. So. Well, I sure hope that someone's blessed. And, and it's, uh, you know, everyone has their, everyone has such a story. Mm -hmm. You know, that it's just you see God in everything. Mm -hmm. Make it your purpose every day to see God in everything. Mm -hmm. What that is seeking first. And look, I promise all these things, the addictions, the bitterness, and all that stuff. These are all these things. He's not just talking about, you know, what we think we need or whatever. All these things that you want to be removed. And it's great that we want all these things going. Right. But, but the thing is, is that we that has to be the focus. Look for God in everything. Look for every opportunity. And let him yes. love you. Yes, yes. There's let a song by you. Judah that says, uh, give me, I think he says, um, uh, give me the ability to be loved by you. Uh, it enlarges me at the ability for me to be loved by you. Because yeah. I want more, you know. And oh, things I need to look at that song. I don't know. I'll send one. it to you. Yeah, please do. It's kind of a rocky little pop, like a, almost like a little <laughs> punk rock song kind of, but it's really cool. I love yeah. Christian, contemporary yeah. Christian. Yeah. Um, and then the other song you referenced, we'll, we can put a link to that. Yeah, A Million Little um, Miracles. Yeah. Yes, it's And then so Rattle, good. that was yes. the other one. Yeah. Back with, yeah. Um, that's yeah. an Old Testament, Ezekiel, yeah, that, that's the what I, That's what I, uh, you can put that, that message on if you want. I'll see yeah, the YouTube. Yeah, let's do that. So, um. Thank you, Lisa. Oh, I love you so much. Oh, I love you, too. Yes. I'm just so thankful for you and for your um, your willingness to share your story. Oh, anytime. Um, and just your, your heart and just the love that you have for the people of Birmingham yes. and, and beyond. So. Yep. And don't forget to put how people can sign up to be a food rescue hero or come volunteer. Yeah, so she's got her Feed Birmingham shirt on. It's hashtag Feed Birmingham, B-H-M. Um, and we'll put a link so that people can rescue food to yes. help other people who are, who are in That's the spot. That's awesome. So. I appreciate you. Okay. Aww. Well, I love you. Love you. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And check out our website, meetmeinisaiah.com, so you can join the Meet Me in Isaiah movement.